so I have a short bit of time with you, so I want to get right to the point. No matter how successful you are, a lot of the circle of champions I saw up here, how many still want to be much more successful than you are right now? Okay, so I have, a, I have an important question for you, and that is, why are you not, right now, more successful than you are? Because let's just be honest with each other. Your current results are really only a fraction of what you're truly capable of achieving. That you are far more talented, you have far more potential than your current reality. Why are you only living up to a fraction of your potential? So I asked that question to our three million readers in Success Magazine on stages all over the world. And so I want to clear up the, the most common answer that I hear to that question of why people are not more successful than they are right now. Because it's a myth about what's limiting their greater potential. So how many people here had a really nice, normal, happy childhood? How many? Wow, most of you. Huh. Well, good for you, because my childhood sucked. Does that translate? Mierda. Bad. Not good. Okay? My parents divorced when I was uh, 18 months old, and my mother, she didn't, she didn't want me. Uh, so when they divorced, she just handed me over to my father. As a matter of fact, when she first found out from the doctor that she was pregnant with me, her response was anger and disappointment. And so when they decided to split up, she just very easily handed me over to my father. Now, you have to understand that my dad was only 23 years of age when I was born. And he had just moved from uh, the San Francisco Bay Area of California to what seemed like the middle of nowhere, which was Albuquerque, New Mexico, in the desert, where he took a job as a overworked, underpaid, university, American football coach. And so it was just he and I out there by ourselves, and he really didn't know what to do with me. As a matter of fact, this was his parenting strategy after I was born. He would just shove me in the corner of a couch, barricade me with pillows, and then put headphones on my head to try to keep me quiet. If you see the stunned look I had on my face, I had that most of my childhood. And, and you learn very early on, being under the parenting of my father, that you just kind of had to fend for yourself really early in life. To say that my dad wasn't the nurturing type is almost comical, right? I mean, he was, uh, we affectionately referred to him as a bit Neanderthal, and he parented like he coached football, which meant that uh, there was no whining, no crying, no excuses, uh, lots of yelling, and lots of cursing. As a matter of fact, I don't know if you, if you remember the movie Full Metal Jacket, but that, that could have been my father's twin, Sergeant Gunnery. And growing up in his household was like growing up in his boot camp. And my father, he was, he was infamous for one of his coaching philosophies, and that was no matter how hurt a player got on the field, they were not allowed to come out of the game. So one time in the middle of this American football match, this linebacker just gets smashed in the middle of the field. I mean, just devastated. And he wobbles to the sideline and he begs my dad to take him out of the game. And my dad grabs him by the face mask, clenched teeth, spitting through it. And he says, not unless you're showing bone. And he pulled back his shoulder pad, not from his neck skin, was sticking his collarbone. So anytime 
I got really sick, and I, I, I begged my dad to stay home from school. He'd yell from the other side of the house, what? Not unless you're showing bone, exactly, and I have to drag my sorry butt out to school. And so when I was um, age four, he married my stepmonster. I don't know if that was going to translate, but I did not mispronounce that. And they went on to have two other children. And because in her eyes I was of the other woman, she didn't like me very much. And she did everything she possibly could to try to ostracize me from the family. So I, I really was what is called a uh, red-headed stepchild. And you can also see that my, my father cut my hair, which I think I suffer more emotional trauma from than anything else. Now I have to tell you, this morning I stand before you, having gone through this very dysfunctional childhood is the reason why I can stand before you this morning as the very high-functioning achiever. And the reason is this, because I had to get over these issues of abandonment is the reason why I am vigorously self-reliant. Because I grew up under a football coach for a father is the reason why I'm so driven and ambitious. Because you had to achieve to get any love or any attention from my father is also the reason why I am so goal-oriented and persistent. You see, a lot of people look at their past as wounds that they need to heal from, when in actuality these are muscles that you developed that allow you to do the extraordinary things that ordinary people just can't do. How, how, do you, how do you build a muscle, right? You put a muscle under incredible stress and strain, incredible stress and strain. When you do that, you're actually tearing the muscle. And in rest and recovery, it grows back bigger than it was before, so now you can lift heavier weights that you couldn't have before. So the first key message that I want to give you here today is your adversity is your advantage. And that your past, whether you had a terrible childhood or whether you've suffered from some difficult experiences in life, you should cherish those as your advantage because that was the training that gave you the muscle development to go do extraordinary things that ordinary people just can't do. So what I'm here to talk to you about is how to ignite the principles of the compound effect. How many people have read the book, The Compound Effect? Okay. So what I want to do is to try to help you ignite those principles, okay? To pull them out of the book, lay them before you, and give you a roadmap about how you can accomplish any goal that you have set for yourself. So we can take all the wonderful things that you learned this whole weekend, all the great aspirations, goals, and desires you've got, and then give you a plan so that you can achieve anything that you can conceive. So the question I'm asked a lot is, you know, is why did I sit down to write this book? And when we took over Success Magazine and put it back on newsstand in 2008, I was looking at the culture around us and society and trying to figure out what's stopping people from being more successful. Why do people who have a sincere, passionate interest to learn what it takes to be successful, why are they not finding success? And the reason is this. We are constantly 
bombarded with an ever-increasingly sensational marketing gimmickry with claims about how you can get rich, get fit, get younger, get sexier, all overnight with very little effort for only three easy payments of $39.95. And these commercial marketing gimmicks are taking people who really want to learn, I want to provide more for my family, I want to send my children to the great universities, I, I want to provide for a future for my parents. And they're pursuing these answers and they're constantly being derailed and distracted, tricked, fooled, bamboozled. And so I decided I just wanted to clear the clutter, bring us back to the truth, demystify what it really takes to be successful. And so that's the reason why we sat down to create, let's just get back to the very foundation in which all success is built on top of. And here's the reality. There is no silver bullet. There's no magic pill. And for God's sakes, people, there's no freaking secret that's been buried for 2,000 years by some covert society that's only been unearthed recently for worldwide revelation. So now you could just sit on your couch and imagine checks coming into your mailbox. <laughs> Do that too long and they will come and take your couch. And you off to a safe place where you can't hurt yourself or others, okay? No, there is no secret. Here is the truth. Success is earned. If you really want to know the secret of success, okay? I publish Success Magazine. I'm going to tell you right now the secret to success. Here it is. Success is earned by hard freaking work. Hard freaking work. If you ask the circle of champions up here, how did you do it? How did you get to the top? How did you become so successful? Their answers are always going to be three words, hard freaking work. There's no other way around it. If you've desired to be a circle of champion and you haven't achieved it, I'm telling you the only thing that's stopping you is not enough hard freaking work, okay? Now, the truth, the truth, if we want to talk about truth here, the truth about the process of earning, not winning, not arriving, but earning success, that process is in itself very mundane. When you go back home and you start building your ACN business, <laughs> it's mundane. What you're going to do day in and day out is mundane. It is unexciting. Nobody's going to video film you and make a new fantastic reality TV show as you build your exciting new ACN business. No, it's unexciting. It's unsexy. No matter what the magazine articles look like, it's unsexy. The process is frustrating. And sometimes it's even gut-stomping, heart-crushingly defeating. But hey, that doesn't make for interesting books or exciting infomercials or riveting movies. So instead, we're paraded around with all these other visions of what it takes to be successful. But those are just shiny objects and not the truth. So I want you to truly, today, stop it. Stop looking for the quick fix for success, happiness, and wealth. There's no shortcut. There's no cliff notes. There's no quick fix. 
You are going to walk through a minefield day in and day out of hard freaking work. Because success is earned one day at a time. Every day you lift your head up off the pillow. You're going to decide whether that day you are a success or whether you are a failure. You're either moving forward or you're falling behind. One step at a time. Every step you take away from the bed as you walk through your day, you are either going in the direction of success or you're going in the direction of failure. It is one decision at a time. All day we're presented with hundreds of decisions. And every one of those decisions is like a chisel mark on a marble of, uh, uh, on a slab of marble. And at the end of the day, you're either going to end up with the David or you're going to end up with a pile of rubble depending upon the decisions you've made throughout the day. It is one phone call at a time. You know the phone call you didn't want to make? The one that makes you a little nervous, makes your palms sweaty? Every one of those phone calls is determining whether you will be a success. One meeting at a time. Remember Donald Trump said yesterday the meeting he didn't want to go to? That one meeting changed his entire future. Every single meeting you decide to or decide not to go to determines your future. And in the end, you can never own success. I congratulate the circle of champions, but do not stagnate too long in your victory because you can never own success. You can only rent it. And the rent is due every single day. Circle of Champions, tomorrow you better get up and get after it all over again. So it's never in totality. Now how many have ever been to a personal development seminar or read a book or read the back of a CD program and it said transformational results in 90 days or less and at the end of 90 days you didn't have transformational results. Anybody have that experience? Yeah, me too. Well, what's wrong? What happened? Well, here's the reality. It is not what you know that determines the results in your life. See, that is a myth. Knowledge is not power. It is the potential of power, but it is not power in and of itself. Power is only created in what you do with what you know. Look, there are a lot of really smart people who are geniuses, who are broke because knowledge is not something you can take to the bank. It is only action that produces results. In America, we've got this statistic. 44% of doctors who tell you how poor eating and lack of exercise will kill you, and these people, 44% of them are overweight. Or as the philosopher Morpheus said, there's a difference between knowing the path and walking the path. So as I give you this morning, I'm going to reveal to you the fundamental keys to success. When I give them to you, I don't want you to say inside your head, oh, I already know that. Instead, I want you to ask yourself three questions. Number one is, are you doing that? Because you might know it and you've known it for a long time, but are you doing it? And the second question is, maybe you're doing it but have you mastered it? In other words, is there still something 
in which you can level yourself up to get better at it so that now that might ignite the results in your life. And the third most important question is, you might know it, you might be doing it, but would your results prove that you've mastered it? In other words, would your waistline prove that you've mastered these principles? Would your business prove that you've mastered these principles? If we called your spouse and asked them, have they indeed mastered these principles of success? And if you're saying to yourself, well, <laughs> just don't call my spouse, you see there's still something here yet to learn. Because as Samuel Johnson said, people need to be reminded more often than they need to be instructed. So even if I just take some of the things you already know in the back of your mind, bring them to the front of your mind, clear all the rest of the clutter out, and make it clear step by step exactly what you've got to do, now maybe what you know applied can ignite the results that you've always been capable of achieving but got too distracted and were too inconsistent to follow through with. So that's what we're going to do here. I want to give you the operating system underneath which all success is built on top of. It's kind of like this. You could take the world's greatest software, designed by the greatest engineers in the world, tens of millions of dollars invested in it, and if you take that software and you install it on a computer that has a faulty operating system, what happens? It's buggy, it crashes, doesn't operate to its potential. Now the user might make the mistake of thinking, oh, I know what happened. It's that terrible software. The software's the problem. No, 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 it was the operating system that was the problem. So this is what happens. People go to a seminar, they read a book, they listen to a CD program, and then it doesn't work. It's buggy, it crashes. And they make the mistake of going, oh, that book, that seminar didn't work. No, no, no. It was just installed on a crappy operating system, you, and that's why it was buggy and it crashed and it didn't operate to its potential. So what we have to do together here is, we have to get your operating system operating at world-class standards so that it is perfect in its execution, that its operation is world-class. Then we can layer on top of that the leadership software, the sales software, the circle of champions software, the parenting, the marriage software. And maybe now, for the first time, once installed, it actually will perform to its capability. So that's what we're up to here. Here's my goal. I'm going to lay out for you a system that, if applied, will enable you to set goals that when you walked in here this morning, you were too afraid to set for yourself. Now why are you too afraid to set the kind of goals that you're truly capable of but won't allow yourself to live up to? And I think it's because you can't see how it's possible. It just seems silly. It seems too fantastical. But I believe if I can show you an exact stepping stone process to achieving those great goals, that you'll finally, when you leave here, set the kind of goals that are actually consistent with your true potential. And my goal ultimately, the results that I want to see is 12 to 18 months from now, the person you become is unrecognizable to the person sitting in your chair right now. You have a much leaner, stronger, vital body. 
You have more intimate relationships with the people that you love and care about. You have a thriving ACN business and you're walking across this stage as a circle of champion. Those results are possible if you stick with me over the next several minutes. This is a working session. I'm not the only one working up here. If you really want to change your life, change the trajectory, find yourself on this stage, we got to do a little bit of work, okay? So you're not going to be able to get everything that I put down here. I know you're taking photos of the slides. I always promise ACN, because I love this organization and want to see it succeed, that I'll give you my entire slide deck, okay? I'll show you how to get the whole slide deck. I'll give you a recording, an audio recording of this whole talk so that you can listen to it. You can share it with your team, okay? I, I only ask, I only ask that you do not pub publish it publicly, okay? This is just for you, just for ACN, just for you and your team. So I'll show you how to do that in a second here. What we're going to do is we're going to rewire the lines of code in your operating system between you and any goal that you've got is this operating system. So line by line, we're going to rewire your operating system. So what is the root control factor? If we were to boil everything down to the most core controlling factor to all the results in your life, what does it come down to? Because here's what happens. We all come into this world exactly the same. Naked, scared, and ignorant, right? I mean, some of us a little uglier than others, but basically all the same. Naked, scared, and ignorant. And then after that grand entrance, your life is controlled by one factor. There's only one thing that will determine whether at the end of a life you end up living here or whether you end up living here. There's only one thing, one thing that determines whether you end up driving this or whether you end up driving this. One controlling factor determines whether at the end of a long life you end up lonely, despondent, and broke, or you end up in a marriage of 50 plus years of incredible intimacy and great bliss. Only one thing will determine whether you get to send your children to the greatest universities in the world, or no matter what it is that they qualified for, they can't go because you can't afford it. Only one thing will determine whether you get to donate to your charity, to your greatest heart's content, whether you get to travel the world in fantastic luxury. Did you all see the movie City Slickers? Curly said, it all comes down to one thing. Your whole life comes down to one thing. What's the one thing? Circle of champion answer right up front. It all comes down to choices. Right now, as you sit there in your chair, right now, right now, your whole life is nothing but the accumulated compound effect of the choices you've made up to this moment. Right now, your waistline is nothing but the accumulated compound effect of the choices you've made up to this moment the size of your business, your bank account, the intimacy of the relationships in your life are all just an outcome of the compounded choices you've made up to this point. So if we're going to change the trajectory of your life starting today, starting right now, we've got to go to where it, the control factor of it all begins and it all begins with choices. Choices is the first line of code in rewiring your operating system. So let's do it. What choices? Because we're presented with hundreds of choices all day throughout the day. What choices matter the most? 
Anybody here ever been bitten by an elephant? Well, what about mosquitoes? Anybody ever been bitten by a mosquito? Bill Gates says this is the most deadly animal on the planet for the human species. And it's also one of the smallest. See, nature provides clues. It's the little things in life that will bite you and kill you. So is it true about your choices. When you take a look at the seven billion people on the planet, a question I'm asked a lot is, we only get to pick 12 people to be on the cover of Success Magazine out of seven billion. And I'm asked, what do these guys do to become so successful? What separated them from everybody else? Well, let me tell you what they did not do because this is what everybody thinks they did to get to the cover of Success Magazine. Success is not a result of some heroic feats. Nobody you see on the cover of Success Magazine did anything heroic. It is not because of some grand act of bravery. You know, you do not leap and hope that the net appears. <laughs> Don't do that. That ends in calamity. And they didn't perform any quantum leap. It wasn't just right place, right time, as Trump said yesterday. Yes, luck plays a part, but it only plays a part after you've worked your butt off. So it wasn't any grand act of luck either. Success is, if you're looking for the answer of what caused these people to get on the cover of Success Magazine, success is a result of small, seemingly insignificant, moment-to-moment -moment choices. The only thing that separates them from you is that accumulated compound effect of those little choices that created dramatic differences in results. Small little choices like at lunch, you're given a menu. And what is the menu? It's just a series of choices, right? Do you pick the hamburger and fries or do you pick the salad? Now you're thinking, that doesn't seem like that big of a choice. I'm telling you, it is. Small little choices like at the end of a long hard day, do you stop by the gym and put in a workout or do you rush home to catch your favorite sitcom? Small little choices like in the heat of an argument with your spouse, do you walk out of the room and say, I'm not going to deal with this? Or do you spin on your heels, say you're sorry, and choose to make a moment of magic? Small little choices like in a networking event, do you walk across the room and introduce yourself to that person? You're a little bit afraid to do so. Or do you hunker down in fear one more time? Small little choices like at the end of a long day, do you put in a few more phone calls? Or do you just simply call it a day? You see, these small choices add up to big, gargantuan differences in results. Let me give you a, a, a reference point in which to associate this with. If I were to give you a choice of a single cent, single penny, that doubles every day for 31 days, or a million euro in cash right now, how many people would take the million in euro? Okay, tough crowd. All right. Let me sweeten the offer here a little bit. A single cent that doubles every day for 31 days or 2 million euro cash right here today. How many people take the 2 million in euro? Okay, a couple more converts. All right, last offer, okay? Penny that doubles every day for 31 days or 3 
million in euro right now, right here today. How many people take the three million in euro? Okay. Well, let's say that you were paying attention and you said small things add up to big results. I better pick the small thing. There's a clue there. And let's say that you pick the penny, okay? But your neighbor, your neighbor at home picked the three million euro in cash. So now we're going to start proceeding in life. We get five days down the road and your measly penny is worth 16 cents, okay? While your neighbor has three million dollars in cash and you can hear the parties going on next door, right? When you get 10 days down the road, your penny has become five euro and 12 cents. Not enough for a happy meal at McDonald's, right? But your neighbor is drinking champagne, eating caviar, having Robin Leach over for dinner, right? Now we get 20 days down the road and your penny is still 5,242 euro and they've got three million dollars in cash, three million euro in cash and partying like a rock star. It's not until we get to day 31 that we see the dramatic outcome of this compounding pity where your penny is turned into 10 million 737,000 against their paltry three million. Now, What you need to know about this is this is the reason why Einstein called compound interest the eighth wonder of the world. Because the, the, the math between day one and day two is exactly the same math between day 30 and day 31. Nothing's different. You just see the compound effect of it. And this is why I'm telling you right now this morning, compound choices are the eighth wonder of the success world. Because the same choice you make between day one and day two is exactly the same simple, small, easy choice at day 30 to day 31. But the outcome of those choices are dramatically different. Let me give you a for instance. Let's take three friends. Let's say they all start off exactly the same. Three ACN representatives are starting off exactly the same. But Scott here, Scott decides he's going to try some of these things that he learns here this morning. And Here's what Scott's going to do. Instead of getting up every morning and reading the newspaper and seeing all the corruption, wars and crimes and scandals that are happening in the world, he's going to get up and read 10 pages of a nice good book, something positive, something about success and achievement. Just 10 pages. On the way to the office, instead of listening to the radio and hearing more wars, gossip and and in conversations about other people, he's going to put in one of those CDs, something positive, something instructional. He's going to cut 125 calories out of his diet. Okay, that's a half a candy bar or small bowl of cereal, meaning he's not going to go on any rash diet. He's going to drink two bottles of water a day. He's going to park at the back of the parking lot and walk into the office. He's going to make a few more calls before calling it a day. And he's finally going to make that date night with his wife a priority, okay? That's all Scott's gonna do. Now Larry, Larry's just gonna keep being Larry and doing exactly what Larry's always done all his life. Brad, and I hope there's no Brad's like this in the room, but Brad, here's all Brad's gonna do. He's gonna start making a few poor choices, meaning he's gonna munch on a little junk food at the office, you know, like a half a handful of chocolate covered, 
peanut M&Ms. That's it. He's going to miss a couple of workouts a week. He's going to drink more Diet Coke than water. Not good. He's going to move around a little less because he's sitting behind a computer all day. He's going to skip a prospecting call or two. And he's going to give the cold shoulder to the spouse a couple of times throughout the week. No big deal. Nothing dramatic, right? This is not going to be a Jerry Springer episode. Just a cold shoulder every once in a while. So now if we take these three friends and these three different behaviors and we chart it out, five months down the road, these three friends look exactly the same. Ten months down the road, exactly the same. So now Scott, Scott's thinking, what's going on? I'm getting up every morning and reading this book and I'm listening to these CDs and I'm doing this date night thing with my wife every week and my buddies are just sloughing off and we have exactly the same results. You can see why people get frustrated and start giving up because they think it's not working. But let's just say he proceeds a little bit further. 20 months down the road, slight differences, right? Brad's starting to feel it in the belt a little bit, right? You really can't tell, but he can feel it in the belt. At the office, tension and anxiety start to set in. At home, apathy. Now the neighbors and friends, they don't really see it, but it started to set in. It's not until 27 months later that the differences between these three friends are dramatic. Let me show you. So Scott, here's what's happened to Scott 27 months later. He's read 47 books. Now you know that the average college graduate does not read three books the rest of their life. And he's read 47 books the last 27 months on success and achievement, 465 hours bombarding his mind with success and achievement. Is that going to make a difference to his attitude, to his mindset, to his results? Dramatic. The 125 calories he cut out of his diet meant that he lost 33 and a half pounds. Do you realize that we can end obesity in the world if everybody just cut 125 calories off their base diet over time? He drank 3,700 gallons of water. Those 2,000 extra steps a day meant he walked 900 miles the last 27 months, losing another 30 pounds. And those date nights with his wife, that got pretty exciting, okay? I had photos, but I decided to just show you the X's and O's. The couple extra calls that he made each workday meant that he made 1,860 extra calls that he wouldn't have made otherwise. If he closed 3% of those, which means he didn't learn anything from those books or audios, he added on top of his previous $50,000 a year income an additional $279,000. And you know what Brad and Larry are saying? Oh, you're just lucky. So here's what Larry is doing. Larry's like most people in the Western world. They're treading water, falling a little bit further behind, becoming disenchanted, bored, apathetic, passionless, disengaged, and then they're blaming the government, right? Brad, here's what Brad's small, simple, poor choices did to him. That 125 calories he added to his diet meant that he put on 33 and a half pounds. Missed a couple of workouts, the Diet Coke, now he's in heart attack danger. Missed a few meetings, made a few less calls. He's about to be fired from his job and lose his home. The inattention and cold shoulder to his spouse 
means that apathy set in and he's on the brink of divorce. You see, small, seemingly insignificant, positive choices create extraordinary results. Small, poor choices over time create devastating results. By the way, if you want a copy of these slides, here's what you do, okay? And for the leaders that we talked to on Friday, I gave you some wrong instructions. So, by the way, everybody else here, if you text in, you can get the leadership talk that I did on Friday too, by the way. You can get an entire audio recording of that. So you just take that phone number and in the message you have to put EU. EU comma your name comma your email address. Okay? And then it will email you a link where all this is provided for you so that I can help you get this into your brain, your conscious, and into your organization so that we can help you achieve the kind of goals that you're interested in, okay? So there's the number to use. Please do it within, within 48 hours because then the page is taken down. Great. And if you didn't get the number, it's over here in the corner, okay? So now if all of this seems rather easy, why is it that people still fail and still make poor choices? Well, here's what I want to warn you of. There's four traps that you will face. Outside of this conference hall, these traps are on the ground. At home, these traps are on the ground. At the office, at the shopping center, these traps are on the ground. So I want to point them out to you so that you can go, whoa, I got to step around that. Because people with good intention step into these traps and then they get derailed and then they wonder why they end up with no results and so frustrated. So here's the first one. At the moment that you're making a choice, the consequences, the outcomes, or the results are invisible. It doesn't look like it's having any impact whatsoever. So you can get faked out. But I promise you, I could change your choices like that if I had the power to take the space-time continuum and collapse it. Meaning, if you made a choice right now and I took the space-time continuum of that choice 15, 20 years out and I collapsed it and showed you exactly what the outcome was, I promise you you'd make a different choice. For instance, let's say at lunch you did pick the hamburger and fries and upon the first bite your chest explodes and you drop to the ground in a heart attack. You'd probably lose the taste of hamburger really, really quickly. Or let's say the next morning you woke up like this. Yeah, whoa, whoa. How do you get like that? How do, how do you get like that? One bite at a time. Simple as that. Or let's just say, you know, you're out with your girlfriends. You didn't smoke, but they're encouraging you. Like, I'll oh, have a smoke. And you try it and you're like, ah, you know, I put it down. That doesn't seem so bad. I don't know what everybody's talking about. But the next morning you woke up like this. You probably wouldn't take another cigarette. Or let's just say, you know, you're a young kid and you try your first cigarette. You're behind the school feeling like a rebel. Your friends are going, wow, you're cool, right? It looks like a young James Dean. But let's say I could take the space-time continuum of 20, 30, 40 years and I could take your future self to talk to your current self about that choice, what would you say? Don't smoke another cigarette. But see, for, for decades, for years and years and years, it didn't look like anything was happening. It didn't look like anything was happening. And it wasn't until the last four or five years 
when the dramatic outcome of those choices made itself known. Or let's just say, you know, you promised your sponsor, your upline, that you're going to make three calls. You're going to talk to three people every day about the ACN opportunity, okay? But today, today you got a headache. You know, you got to make dinner. You got to pick up the laundry. You, you know, maybe I'll just, I'll, I'll make them tomorrow instead of today. And I take the continuum of that choice and I collapse it. And we call Donald Trump and you become fired. You're out of ACN. Your house goes up on the chopping block and you're under bankruptcy. That's what the continuum of that single choice looks like over time. Or let's just say, you know, you promised your spouse that you'd never go to bed angry. But tonight you're like, I just don't want to deal with this tonight. We'll talk about it in the morning. And you go and sleep in the guest bedroom. And I show you what that single choice looks like. And the next morning you wake up to divorce papers and you got to look your little girl in the eye and explain why you couldn't make a different choice. You see, every single one of these choices has what you can also call a butterfly effect. Y'all heard of the butterfly effect? Butterfly flaps its wings one part of the planet and on the other side of the planet there's a tsunami. This is what I'm telling you. One little itty bitty choice over here 10-15 years later and there's a tsunami in your life. Either positive or negative. So what do you do about this? Okay, what do you do about each of these positive choices you're now going to take? Well, the first thing you need to do is to just have patience. Even though you don't see the results in the moment, you have to know that the compound effect has been ignited. And every choice you make ignites it and fuels it. And it will stretch itself out over 10, 15, 20 years before it reveals its results.